3: from the play show, yet not over the ostentatious studios of CBS Sports Radio here in beautiful New York City, sitting on top of the 10th floor of 345 Hudson Street. Welcome on in to a Football Friday edition of the Zach Gelb Show across all the great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 158, the free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming live on YouTube, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, is number to jump on in, 855-212-4227, you could always get at me on Instagram, where I'm straight flexing, or via the good old cesspool of Twitter, at Zach Gelb, that's Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B, got Jack Stern, and also Stuart Kovacs, rocking and rolling with me, all the way up until 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, Joe Flacco, is going to stop by 20 minutes from now. Brian Erlacher will join us at 4:20 p.m. Eastern, 1:20 p.m. Pacific, and then we will be joined by Ryan Horvat for a little NFL picks, conference championship weekend style at 5:20 p.m. Eastern, 2:20 p.m. Pacific. I want to start the show today talking about the coaches this weekend, and all four of these coaches clearly are having really damn impressive seasons. When you are in the midst. Of being 60 minutes away from a Super Bowl. Like you look at Dan Campbell and what he's been able to do this year, the expectations were for the Lions to make the playoffs and win a playoff game, something up until the wild card round that they have not done since 1991. And they were also looking for their first division championship since 1993. The expectations were high. He delivered and then some. You look at Kyle Shanahan. I can't say he's delivered yet because the 49ers are one of the few teams that you entered this season which were Super Bowl or bust, but the 49ers have once again planted their place in the NFC for now as the best team in the NFC and they have been able to get a lot out of Brock Purdy with the quarterback roulette that usually Kyle Shanahan plays. It seems like for now, He's willing to land to continue to ride the hot hand of Brock Purdy. You look at Andy Reid, it's Super Bowl or bust every year for the rest of his career. When you have the great Patrick Mahomes, even with them being some down moments, I will fully embrace this. I did not think that this Chiefs team would be playing in conference championship weekend, but here they are. You need to give it your best to take out the best, and the combination of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes each and every year, ends up bare minimum in the AFC title game. And then you look at John Harbaugh, who John Harbaugh has won a Super Bowl, is looked at as one of the better coaches in football, had Joe Flacco, won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, and then they elected to draft Lamar Jackson, and the only legitimate criticism, and sometimes I think it's way too premature with Lamar Jackson. Because it hasn't been an incredibly big sample size. But you know how we are in this society. You uh, lose a few playoff games. Up, oh, let me get the hot takes. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. And you know, Lamar Jackson will never win a Super Bowl. Do you think he could ever win a big game? You know, give me a call. And that's been the stuff that I've rolled my eyes at. Through the last two, three years. Because... Yes, Lamar is one a unanimous MVP. Lamar is going to win another MVP this season. And we're talking about a four-game, five-game sample size heading into this postseason for Lamar. And he hadn't had good results, but that doesn't mean that he can't win. There's been a lot of quarterbacks, when you look back in the history of the NFL, that, quite frankly, didn't have a lot of postseason success in the beginning or the middle of their career, and then towards the end of the year, they did right off into the sunset as a Super Bowl champion. So John Harbaugh, it's about winning that next one and finding a way to take advantage of the window that you have because of the style that Lamar Jackson plays, even though he does a good job protecting his body. You never know how long Lamar Jackson is going to last as a quarterback, and I say that being an incredibly big proponent of fan, and advocate of Lamar Jackson. So here we are with these four coaches, and I want to rank these four coaches. Not all-time rankings, not next year, like in the summer when we do a top 10 list, who's the best coach in football, but who are who are the coaches and who is the coach out of these four that you trust the most, and who is it that you trust the least heading into this weekend? And when I start things off, Let's go from the coach I trust the least to the coach I trust the most. So we'll work from four to one. I think four is going to surprise some people because this guy is a good coach, a really good coach, one of the better coaches in football. But I'm not going to fawn over him in the postseason because he's had his limitations in the postseason. And that's Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, out of all four of these coaches this weekend, and we have four incredible coaches, is the coach I actually trust the least. And I get it. He's an offensive wizard. He's an offensive genius. But this guy, the last few years in San Francisco, has had some of the best rosters in football, and he's reached the NFC title game a bunch. He reached one Super Bowl. But unfortunately for Kyle Shanahan, until he gets the big trophy, until he gets the big, shiny Lombardi trophy, he's going to have to live with the statement that everyone says, and it's a fair statement with Kyle Shanahan. He's a great coach, but in the big game, he can't protect a lead to save his life. Because the two instances that you remember just vividly when it comes to Kyle Shanahan's career, even with all the success, offensive coordinator with the Atlanta Falcons, he was the OC when the Falcons blew a 28-3 to lead. If you want to say, oh, Zach, you can blame that more on Dan Quinn, okay, be my guess. How about in the Super Bowl, Up against Kansas City, he had a 10-point lead with 7.5 to play. I don't care how great Patrick Mahomes is. A 10-point lead with 7.5 to play, and you are this great of a coach, you needed to win that Super Bowl. So until Kyle gets a Super Bowl done, and until he hoists that Lombardi trophy, it is going to be great coach Kyle Shanahan, very good coach Kyle Shanahan, but doesn't have the Lombardi trophy. And all the pressure this weekend is on the 49ers. People aren't expecting the Lions to win. People expect the 49ers to get to the Super Bowl. And then we'll see, depending on who the opponent is, if the expectation is to win the Super Bowl. But for me, it's Super Bowl or bust with the 49ers because you have a great roster. You have guys that are getting older. You've had guys that have played on long postseason runs and have taken a lot of hits. Eventually, that window is going to start to close. They have a window of the next few years, and they got to take advantage. But because of the shortcomings in the past of the playoffs, even the Rams—you know—I know know you could blame that and drop interception, all that. But they were in the NFC title game. They should have beat the Rams a few years ago, and it was crazy that they were there. Like they weren't expected to get there that year, but they weren't able to protect the lead up against the Rams as well. So Shanahan is the coach that I least trust this weekend, just this weekend. In at number three, it's Dan Campbell. And I know people could say, Zach, how could you put Campbell in front of Shanahan? Sometimes we praise aggressiveness in sports and we praise it with stupidity. That's not the case with Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell has been extremely aggressive. Dan Campbell has been extremely confident. And Dan Campbell has hit every right button ever since taking over as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. And to turn that franchise around and to do it this quickly, it is remarkable. He's on his third year as the head coach. You know, year one was a wash. Year two got off to an ugly start. And then that team started to hum down the stretch. And they were phenomenal. They were on fire down the stretch. They were one of the hottest teams in football at the end of last season. And then it carries over into this year with everyone expecting you to make the playoffs. A lot of people expecting you to win the division. And now you're 60 minutes away from a Super Bowl. I love what Dan Campbell does. I'm not saying Dan Campbell's the best coach in in football because that would be crazy, but he is actually my favorite coach in football. He's the guy that I'm pulling for the most to go win a championship and go win a championship this season. Now, I don't think the Lions win on Sunday, but I fully believe in Dan Campbell. And that wasn't always the case when everyone was loving and genuflecting to Dan Campbell who gave a great introductory press conference. Awesome. I said he kind of gave me like a Big Ten football coach vibe and that his ideal setting would be in college. He's proven me wrong. He has been a great, and I mean a great head coach in the NFL. In at number two, (sighs) I think this is going to surprise people. And the reason why I just uh, let out that noise is because I, I, I know what the reaction's going to be. I'm not saying John Harbaugh, is a better coach all-time than Andy Reid. But I do put Andy Reid, too, on this list in terms of coaches that I trust the most this weekend. And a big reason why is the Ravens are just a better football team. And even with the expectation of being Super Bowl or bust for the Chiefs is every year, and I'm cognizant that they're not going to win the Super Bowl each and every year. It just doesn't happen. Reid getting to this point It is impressive, but it won't be praised. But the fact that you allowed that offense with Mahomes at times just look rather unproductive and allowed us to legitimately question it this year is just something when I go into this weekend and I say, which coach should I trust the most? Well, look at what the Ravens have. Like the Ravens don't have a number one wide receiver as well. Yeah, Mark Andrews, I know he's coming back, but he's been hurt. They replaced him with Isaiah Likely. John Harbaugh lost uh, J.K. Dobbins and Keita Mitchell. And we've seen their run game still be extremely productive. When you look at the two backs that they have in Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. The, the Ravens, like Zay Flowers could be a number one wide receiver, but he's not right now. Odell Beckham Jr. used to be a number one wide receiver, but he's not right now. And also, you want to talk about exceeding expectations. Like the Chiefs haven't exceeded expectations this year. The Ravens have. There were a lot of people, including me, and I've been a fan of Lamar, I've been a big proponent of Lamar, that didn't pick the Ravens this year because we didn't know, like, I mean, to make the playoffs, because we didn't know if Lamar was going to be healthy with the last two seasons, their season ending, and Lamar Jackson was not on the field. So when I look at Harbaugh to read this upcoming weekend, I know Andy's going to the Hall of Fame. I know Andy is a legend. I know Andy went to countless NFC title games in Philadelphia. Right now it's six straight AFC title games in Kansas City. He's been to three Super Bowls and he's won two. But just in terms of the coach I trust more and the coach that I think has been more impressive this year, it's John Harbaugh over Andy Reid. Like the Ravens were legitimately questioned if they could make the playoffs. And not only did they rise heading into the postseason as being the best team in the AFC they've been the best team in the NFL this year. And the only other team that could rival them for being the best team in the NFL this year are the San Francisco 49ers and the Ravens kicked the snot out of the 49ers when they played them a few weeks ago. So when I look at the coaches this weekend, who's been the most impressive? Who do I trust the most? And that's the way we'll word it. Who do I trust the most? I'm going to say that it's Kyle Shanahan 4, Dan Campbell 3, Andy Reid in at two, and then number one, John Harbaugh. And what a year it could be for the Harbaugh family. A few weeks ago, you see Jim win a national championship. Now, Jim is back to the NFL saying his goodbyes today at Michigan, and he's off to the Los Angeles Chargers, where I guess he'll get introduced sometime next week. And you have another son who's already won a Super Bowl and who beat Jim Harbaugh in a Super Bowl, who is now 60 minutes away from going to another Super Bowl, and two weeks from now could win his second Lombardi Trophy, and that would solidify a spot for John Harbaugh in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So who's the coach that you trust the most this weekend? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Is it Kyle Shanahan? Is it Dan Campbell? Is it Andy Reid? For me, it is John Harbaugh. All right, we'll take our first time out of the day. This is Zach Gelb show, Coast to Coast, on CBS Sports Radio. One of the better stories of the NFL this year, has been what Joe Flacco was able to do with the Cleveland Browns. The former Super Bowl MVP, and now he is a finalist for the Comeback Player of the Year Award, is going to join us on the other side. Joe Flacco, who won a Super Bowl with the Ravens, quarterback the Browns this past season towards the back end, let him to the playoffs. He's going to join us right here on CBS Sports Radio when the Zach Gilbert show returns in five minutes. You can stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Now joining us on the guest line is a Super Bowl MVP, had one of the better stories in the NFL this past season, quarterbacking the Cleveland Browns. And that, of course, is Joe Flacco. Kind enough to join us on the Zach Gilb Show
1: to that one perfect co-worker of yours.
3: So, Joe, first and foremost, congratulations on an incredible season. Thanks so much for doing this, and how you been?
5: Yeah, can't complain. You know, wish we were still going, but uh, doing well. When the
3: season finally ended, and you're right, you had the whole story, you go to Cleveland, you have the immediate success, Uh, you go into uh, Houston. I know the playoff game didn't go your way, but when you have to put it into words what you guys were able to accomplish this year and this journey and the ride that it was for you, how do you kind of do that?
5: yeah listen it's always it's always a lot of fun when you go out there and you're able to win some football games and and do it with a bunch of guys that you know are awesome to be around so um i think anytime you 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 play this game you're you want to give yourself a chance and that means get to the playoffs and you know see where you can go from there it's always disappointing when it ends so abruptly um you know kind of no matter how the few weeks have gone before that um so it's always tough to kind of look back and 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 maybe initially see all the positives but it was a lot of fun
3: you know what you're capable of um and you've been doubted a lot but going into that locker room and quickly developing that chemistry how did you guys be able to do that because that was the most impressive part to me it was you bring a new guy in and then boom pretty quickly you guys are starting to play um at at a very high level
5: I think it's just a credit to the guys that are in that room, credit to the coaches for the way they put things together. But you could tell that it was a it was a pretty tight knit locker room as soon as you walked in there. And I think just, um, you know, it's never easy to step into a new situation and it's never easy for, you know, a team to kind of welcome a guy that you know shows up so late like I did. But I think it, a lot of credit goes to those guys for being able to do that and you know make it as seamless as possible. Talking
3: to Joe Flacco right now. Um, I know you want to keep on playing for for a long time. I would imagine. How much uh, longer though? Do you think you keep on playing in the NFL?
5: It's impossible to put numbers on it because you just never know. Um, you know, it's not always in your control. I mean, look, I, I it could have easily kind of not. I could have easily not gotten a call the last couple weeks, couple uh, months of the season, and been sitting here kind of thinking, "All right, that was it." I guess you know. So you, 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 it's tough to kind of put a number on it and, and try to look at those things. You have to, just like each week when you're in the season, you have to look at it week to week. You have to just kind of do the same thing with with how you with how you go, um, and and keep every you know the off season's the off season. Uh, let's let's focus on that. Let's make sure you're in shape to, to go somewhere, and you just take it day by day and, and see where it goes. I know I want to play, um, and I want to do it as long as I can and feel capable of doing that. Um, other people don't always uh, see it how you see it I mean obviously the person involved probably sees you know I was talking to somebody uh, recently and it's like I'm probably going to think I can still play when I'm 55 60 years old I mean obviously that's not going to be the case you know so obviously there's a point where like your expectations and uh, how you feel about yourself don't necessarily match up with the reality but I don't necessarily think that's the case you know even though there's still going to be some doubters there's always going to be that um but would, we'll see we'll see when that happens.
3: Would you go to a place where you would be a backup like like if it's not guaranteed that you're going to be a starter is that something that you would still do and and see how it plays out?
5: Listen, once again, I mean it it's 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 one of those things where you have to each opportunity and each situation. It's not it's not as easy as just saying yes to that or no to that. I think each little thing, you know, each little um team or whatever if let's say i have a couple opportunities they're all going to be different in their own way and you know like this year um i could tell you that i i didn't have to make that decision like hey would i go take an opportunity somewhere to be a backup and not really under knowing how good that team is going to be and what they what my role is going to be i would have liked to tell you that i would have been able to turn something like that down this spring and summer um, but I don't know if I would have been able to turn it down. I would have viewed it as an opportunity and I, and I would have probably went and taken that and seen where it takes me. But deep down, I did want to be able to turn those, t- turn those kind of things down and wait for the right opportunity. In the case of this year, it was kind of done for me. I didn't have any opportunities. So it wasn't like I had to say no to anybody that I was, I was at home. I was doing my work. I was working out and waiting for a call. So I do think there is positives to sitting around this year. There was positives to being available when I was available as opposed to being locked down on another team. I think um, hopefully my opportunities will be a little bit different this year in terms of, you know, getting some calls here and there. I mean, you, you never know. Um, and I'm going to have to assess each one of those for what it is and, and, and go from there.
3: Joe Flacco here with us.
5: What was it like for
3: you mentally? Cause I always think that is so tough on a player when all they know their entire life is football. And then you went, Obviously, through a a few-month period where you didn't know if you were going to play again. So how was that mentally for you?
5: I think it was strangest probably when training camp was starting up and I wasn't going anywhere. Uh, You know, it's been, you know, over 20 years where I've been doing that. You know, 25 years I've been going to a training camp in August in some capacity and and getting ready to play a football season. So I think that was probably the point where it became the most real And then from there, from then on out, it really wasn't as big of a deal. I think you kind of get over that in your head that you're not going somewhere and and you get back into the mindset of just kind of making sure you're prepared uh, if that day comes.
3: Being in the same locker room this year uh, as Kevin Stefanski, a locker room run by Kevin Stefanski, you know, he was entering the season on the hot seat and clearly he's going to be back next year and he he coached his ass off and there's a good case for him to win another coach of the year award. We'll see what happens uh, in a few weeks when they announce the awards, but what did you take away being around a lot of good coaches from your time with Kevin Stefanski?
5: Yeah, it's such an interesting league, right? Like how you know, one second everybody's super high, and then the next second everybody's super low, and it's just not necessarily the re- necessarily the reality of you know how it works. You know, you have to give people time, and you know, yeah, you, you have to. You know, it's a hard it's a hard league, and you're not always going to you're not you're, you know you're not going to be 13 and four and 15 and two every single year. And, you know, even, even, you know, even 11 and six, it's, it's just not that easy. It's not the way it works. Um, you know, every year is a new year and Kevin's an an unbelievable coach and he's done an unbelievable job. I think, I think this year was a good year for him to prove that, but I think that's what it proves that he's good. If, if, If he's somebody that you like and you know that he's good and you know, he can grow, um, you know you you understand that in five years from now it might not be the same but you know who you have in him I think he's shown everybody that I think he's had the time now to show everybody that he's capable of doing it at the highest level and now it's just a matter of having the pieces and and making sure everything goes the right way but he's definitely a guy that you want you know in that locker room behind the scenes and, and running the show
3: I know he was hurt but what was your relationship like with Deshaun Watson just wondering
5: Yeah. You know, when, when Deshaun was around, it was great. Uh, I think he, I think even, you know, from afar watching it on TV, when he wasn't in there playing and TJ was playing or Dorian was playing, I think he was, I think he did a great job of, uh, you know, of, of being excited for everything that was going on, even though he wasn't, wasn't the guy at the moment.
3: Are you confident that he could, I know it's going to be awkward because whenever someone uses the word elite with you, Uh, That's always polarizing. So that wasn't intentional. But are you confident that one day uh, Deshaun Watson uh, could be an elite quarterback again?
5: Oh, for sure. Listen, I mean, he's I I still feel like he's not been in the league that long. And for him, it's just about staying healthy and, 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 you know, and and getting back out there and getting a full season for himself.
3: You know, I, I didn't mean to do that, but the elite conversation with you. Is always an interesting yeah. one. Like, how do you personally take that? Like, you won a Super Bowl, you won a Super Bowl MVP. So, bleep anybody that doesn't want to give you the credit. But that's always something that's still to this day. Like, I was having fun with it when you were playing. I'm like, Elite Joe Flacco is back, and everyone was running with it.
5: Yeah, it's just it, it, that's that's the biggest thing. Is like, you know, listen, I I don't take offense to very much. So it's like. You know, it can it can be taken however you want it, but I just kind of let people have fun with it. U- ultimately, that's what it is. It's people kind of having fun and, and, you know, just creating some kind of story out of nothing or, you know, whatever it may be. So that's kind of how I treat it. Listen, I mean, it, it's all over the place. You know, as soon as I start playing, I'm like, listen, I've had, you know, everywhere from people in the media talking about it to my buddies and, you know, when my buddies are, are messing with me about it, you know, talking to me about it, it's usually in the... And it's usually making fun of me That's or awesome. trying to get some kind of reaction out of me, which is great. You know, I'm sure my kids will get involved in it, in it at some point. Um, it was just like it was one of those big topics, the conversation, you know, 12, 10, 12 years ago. And it just kind of grew into what it is. And, you know, <laughs> if they're actually if they actually mean it, have fun with it, you know.
3: Yeah, Joe Flacco here with us. Absolutely love that answer. That was awesome. Um, Let me ask you about Jared Goff, because that's someone that, right, has been disrespected, has been to a Super Bowl, could be to another Super Bowl um, after this weekend. With the way that Jared Goff is is covered, do you see some of yourself just wondering in, in Jared Goff?
5: I don't know. It's tough to, it's probably tough to look at yourself and compare to others. So it's probably easier for somebody like you to kind of be a little bit more removed from that situation and look at it. But I will say, I mean, to go to another team and to kind of do it the way that it happened with him. And yeah, obviously there's that like sense of, of, there's that feeling that comes around that, whatever that may be, however people feel about it. It's pretty impressive for him to stay, you know, confident and, and, and all the stuff that goes along with that mentally to deal with to deal with that mentally. I'm listen. listen, I'm sure he was excited on some level, like as, as much as, you know, other people wanted to talk about this and that about the switch from uh, the Rams to Detroit. I'm sure he was excited on a level to kind of get into a situation where he probably felt like it was a new beginning and, uh, You know, the organization was was around him and and all that. So I'm sure he had some help along the way, but it's still impressive to mentally kind of go from one team to the other, especially when you did take that team that you were at to the Super Bowl and now kind of be able to get right back to that point again. Um, It's not easy to win in this league. um, And for him to be able to do it in, in multiple places definitely says a lot about him.
3: I know what you just did this past season with Cleveland was so phenomenal. As Joe Flacco is here with us for a few more moments uh, on CBS Sports Radio. And I know that the Ravens were an enemy this year. But you'll always be remembered as a Baltimore Raven winning that Super Bowl. That being where the bulk of your career was. To see what uh, John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson are doing this year. Just what kind of emotion does it elicit from you?
5: Uh, I don't know if I'm too emotional about it. I mean, but it's not surprising. I mean, they're always a good football team. I mean, what's their, you know, it's, it's the typical formula for them. You know, it, you know, they're a physical football team that wants to run the ball and they're going to play phenomenal defense, you know, besides a year here and there, that's what they do. And you expect them to be around at this, at this point in the year.
3: Who do you think wins this weekend, by the way, in both these games?
5: Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, I think Baltimore is the easy choice for people in San Francisco is the easy choice for people, but, at this point in the year, man, you have four good teams going at it. I mean, Kansas city has been there every single year. Um, you know, it's, it's just so funny. I mean, how weak to week it is. Every, you know, a few weeks ago, everybody's super down on, you know, what kind of chances they have, but they're right back there. I think both of those defenses are obviously capable. So it's just going to be a matter of which one can kind of, you know, show up on, on Sunday and, and, and and be able to kind of get some pressure on the quarterback, maybe cause a turnover here or there. Um, and then I think the San Francisco Detroit game, it's, it, it you know, it, I think San Francisco is a completely different team when they get pressure on the quarterback, whether, they, you know, and whether, when, when they don't get pressure on the quarterback. Um, and I think that's probably what it's going to come down to. Can Detroit get their back going? I mean, it's fun to kind of, you know, you don't, it's funny when you're, like somebody like me, like I do watch games, but you don't necessarily get to get a full feel for how everybody is. But last week watching the, uh, the the lions go, I mean, if they get their back going, he looked pretty explosive. So if they can get pressure, uh, if, if they can also get pressure on, um, on, uh, the Niners and they can get their back going offensively, like just have him pop a big couple of plays. Then listen, those guys are riding high right now. Detroit's behind them and they're riding to momentum. Um, So you never know how these things are going to go. It's impossible to call them. Like I said, the easy choices are Baltimore and San Francisco, but who knows?
3: Last thing I'll ask you, when you look back at that Super Bowl that you won, uh, it was a a great Super Bowl, right? You guys had the big lead, then the 49ers took it back, but you guys were able to get the job done at the end. I always wonder, and I've never had a chance to to ask this to you, what did you do uh, coming out of halftime when you had the whole blackout situation when uh, some people believe that was intentional by the NFL, by the way?
5: yeah right uh i i don't really remember i don't think i did much i i you know obviously we tried there's probably a time where our strength and conditioning guys gathered us up and made sure that we were doing something to to stay loose especially because it wasn't long after halftime and it's an extended halftime as it is but ultimately you never you, we didn't know how long it was going to last so we're kind of just hanging out getting ready for the lights to get turned back on if i remember right and then yeah. it obviously lasted probably a little bit longer than anybody thought um so i you know it's tough to go back there and put myself in that situation and remember exactly what we did but like i said i think it was mostly just kind of standing around waiting for some kind of information on what was going to happen next
3: he is joe flacco Uh, actually joe um i just have to ask you about this uh the finalist for the comeback player of the year award came out yesterday i know you won right, the highest honor that anyone could win in the NFL, and that's Super Bowl MVP, but it's yourself, Damar Hamlin, Baker Mayfield, uh, Matthew Stafford, and then uh, Tua Tunga-Vailoa. How would you kind of uh, process that one the other day?
5: Well, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know what I'm coming back from. <laughs> I, probably, I would say most of the guys on that list. I'm not sure what we're coming back from, so that's probably my initial reaction. But I think any time anytime that you're, you know, getting recognized in this league for, you know, playing well, I guess, uh, you know, it, it can be flattering. So it's a cool group to be a part of. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, that's my initial thought is I'm, I'm not necessarily, I'm just coming back from, you know, what being old and, you know, not, not being on a team for a couple months. So who knows?
3: Would that be bizarre if you won the award with the way that you just laid it out?
5: Oh, of course. (laughs) You know, I, I think we could probably go through most, like I said, most of the guys on that list besides DeMar, um, you know, uh, I don't know if we're necessarily coming back from anything, but uh, like so do you I think DeMar said, think should win it? Is that what you're saying? Just wondering. For sure, you know I, I don't know how many snaps he played, but I just think mentally to get yourself back to the point where you feel comfortable doing that kind of thing, and you know, obviously the physical part stands, you know, stands for you know, you don't need any explanation there. But I think mentally to get yourself ready to go back out there and um, feel feel good doing that, you know, what we do. Uh, especially at his position, um, is it, pretty cool.
3: He is Joe Flacco. Joe, can't appreciate the time. Good luck. Thanks so much. Yep, thank you. There you go. Joe Flacco joining us on the Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. Excellent conversation with him. We'll take a break. We'll come on back. We do the segment every Monday and Friday on CBS Sports Radio. Stu's got some questions for me. I'll give you some answers. We'll do onside, offside. Next update time first. Here is the Act man, Rich Ackerman. And it's time to Ask the Pros, where you, the listener, gets to ask us a question. It's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply tweet your question at CBS Sports Radio or at Zach Gelb using the hashtag Ask the Pros. Be listening later in the show when we might answer your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stu, what do we got cooking today, my friend?
2: All right, Zach. Well, we talked to Joe Flacco. Uh, he obviously he was a former Raven. Well, the Ravens, they did get a big injury boost out of Sunday's game. As tight end Mark Andrews has been activated after missing the last two months with an ankle injury. Lamar's favorite target caught 45 passes for 544 yards and six touchdowns in nine games before his injury. So, on sides, all sides, you expect Mark Andrews to have a positive impact in Sunday's game.
3: I don't know how much he is going to play or how effective... He will be Isaiah likely has been a touchdown machine for them, And he's been very good. You know, I've won some cash this year, betting Isaiah likely anytime touchdowns with seeing what he was able to do um, once Mark Andrews did go down. I'm shocked Andrews ever, you know, is able to come back last week. It seemed like there was a chance that this was going to happen. But when he went down um with that injury, I think it was against the Bengals. Because I'm pretty sure that was the same game where Joe Burrow had the whole uh, hand injury as well. Um, I could be wrong on that, but that's the way that I just remember it. Um, I thought his season was definitely over. Um, but I don't think there could be a negative impact here. I think you throw him out, see what he, he has, and if he doesn't have much, then you bench him. So I don't think there's any negative there. So you expect Mark Andrews to have a positive impact in Sunday's game? Yeah, I would go on sides on that one.
2: It now appears that Bill Belichick is getting shut out of a head coaching job in this the cycle.
3: We're on to TV. All right, still,
2: we're on to TV. So now at Dallas, Jerry Jones shockingly kept Mike McCarthy, who has just one year left on his contract. Quack, quack, limb duck. Onsides, offsides, Bill Belichick will be the head coach of the Cowboys in 2025.
3: It's a possibility. It is.
0: But I'm going to go off... Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here?
1: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived.
0: we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.
4: Tekovas is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com, and point your toes west.
3: Side, and the reason why I'm going to go offside is since uh, Morash just went after me on Twitter for having a little fun. And I tweeted out, I'm going to the AFC Championship game this weekend. I want to chug a beer with Jason Kelsey. Can't wait for Chiefs and Ravens. And Cap did a great job Photoshopping my face on Jason Kelsey's body in the luxury box drinking a beer. And like in a joking manner, I tagged Taylor Swift, Jason Kelsey, Donna Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, and then Mirage writes, Zach tagging Taylor Swift and the Kelsey's here is a bold strategy that is more desperate than I am after a dinner at a chain restaurant and a 15-minute drive to the nearest toilet. Let's be real, Maraz doesn't make it to the toilet. He goes in his pants, and that's been well documented. Like Mirage is teaching some class now, which I question all the integrity and intelligence of the university, that he can now be a professor. But I just imagine those students like, oh, we have a radio guy teaching us. They go to Google him and it's like radio producer poops his pants on the air. But since Barras just went at me, I like to kill people with kindness. So Brian Dayball is going to have another disappointing season with the Giants. And then Bill Belichick, who is a former Giant, right, was the defensive coordinator, won two Super Bowls, and has great respect for the New York football Giants. He'll end up in the swamps of Jersey next year after Brian Dayball misses the postseason. In a back-to-back year. So, Bill Belichick will be coaching the Cowboys in 2025. I will go offside. Offside. Number three.
2: So, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence is up for a contract extension this offseason. And general manager Trent Baalke discussed that web meeting with the media on Thursday, saying, quote, As far as Trevor and the long-term relationship with this team, there's no doubt in that. We are going to get something done at the appropriate time, end of quote. So, onsides, offsides, you're confident in the Jaguars being a consistent playoff team with Trevor Lawrence making big quarterback money.
3: I was thoroughly disappointed with them this year. Really, any big game, they failed. And it's one thing to not take that next step, but to regress in a big way and not even uh, make the playoffs, that is concerning. And that division is getting good. Texans aren't going anywhere. C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryan, Zamola Anderson Jr. And then the Colts, I think they could regress this year, but they didn't have their quarterback, Anthony Richardson, last year. And Gardner Minshew played well. Um, so I'm going to go offside here. Last year, I was very confident and thoroughly confident in uh, in Peterson and Lawrence. Now I think it's a big question mark if they could consistently be a playoff team. And Trevor Lawrence is good, but he was supposed to be generational. He was supposed to be great, and I haven't seen that yet. So when you say you were confident the Jaguars uh, can build a consistent playoff team with Trevor Lawrence making big QB money, I will go offside.
2: Offside. While it appears offensive coordinator Sharon Moore is the likely success for for Jim Harbaugh as Michigan's head coach, the Athletics' Bruce Feldman says that LSU's Brian Kelly is a possible candidate, and there's, quote, a lot of chatter, end quote, that Kelly would be interested in. So he wants to
3: move his family to Michigan? He wants to move the family to good old Michigan? Get some Zingerman's fe- uh, sandwiches with the family. That's what he wants to do.
2: It appears that way.
3: That accent would go away real quickly Ooh, in Michigan. Yeah. Fraud, Brian Kelly. Fraud.
2: So, so I think I kind of know where you're going with this. Onsides, all sides. Brian Kelly would be a good fit at Michigan.
3: Brian Kelly's a good coach. I don't see why he would leave LSU. They have been able to produce three national champion coaches since 2000. When you had Nick Saban. You had, um, obviously, Les Miles, and then my favorite college coach of all time, Go Tigers! with Ed Orgeron. Um, I don't think Brian Kelly should leave LSU. Just that this is out there. You know, maybe it's a play from his agent, but he doesn't need any more money with the contract that he just got at LSU. So maybe Brian Kelly's having some remorse about going there, and he's not confident with what he's doing. With the Tigers. But I, I just don't think Kelly would be a good fit at Michigan. I think it needs to be Jerome Moore. Uh, so you say Brian Kelly would be a good fit at Michigan. I will go offside.
0: Offside.
2: Sticking with college football. Lane Kiffin has been active in the transfer portal this offseason. As he had a two former Washington offensive linemen on Thursday. Following the signings. Lane Kiffin quote treated a tweet from Rebel Sports Talk that said quote. Lane looked at Georgia's sideline and realized we needed to get bigger in the trenches and immediately in the transfer portal alone gets, end of quote, and it had the names of the five players that they got. Lane quoted that saying, facts. Outside's offsides, Ole Miss will win an SCC championship in the next five seasons as long as Kiffin remains as their head coach.
3: Two, three weeks ago, I probably would say no. But now with Saban out, and I'm a big believer in Kalen DeBoer, And Kirby Smart's still going to run the SEC until someone outside of Alabama can take him down. But I do think there's a possibility now for Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin to jump up, you know, here or there as the second best team in the SEC. And if you're the second best team, then you get into an SEC championship game and maybe you could find a way to get the job done. So Ole Miss will win an SEC championship in the next five seasons as long as Lane Kiffin remains his head coach. I'm going to say yes, because I like the personality of Lane Kiffin. I think Lane Kiffin is extremely interesting. He clearly can connect with players. And he's got that NIL and that transfer portal flowing right now um, at Ole Miss. So I will go on sides, actually, with that one. And a big part of it is Nick Saban retiring.
2: So the NBA All-Star starters were announced last night, and missing from the Eastern Conference's lineup was Knicks guard Jalen Brunson.
3: That's just the starters, right? That's
2: just the starters, okay. yes. Despite finishing ahead of Bucks guard Damian Lillard in both media and player voting, he finished behind him in fan voting. So onside to sides, the All-Star games all, around all sports, NBA, NFL, MLB, should ditch fan voting and let the media and peers select participants.
3: <sighs> no, I wouldn't ditch the fan voting. I, I wouldn't. Now, it, it's a mixture, right? Especially in the NBA, there's fan voting and, and there's player voting, right?
2: Yes, in media, yes.
3: And and, and and media voting. Eh, I don't think it's a problem. Let's be real. The media will get stuff wrong. The players will get stuff wrong. And the fans will get stuff wrong. Sometimes I think the fans are better than the players and the media, quite frankly. That's not always the case, though. So when you say All-Star Game should ditch fan voting and let the media and peer select participants, I will go offside. And another big reason why... Is because All Star games are made to, are, are, are happening to make money. And they're really for the fans. And it's tough to get buy in regardless from the fans. So if you eliminate the fan voting, I don't think that is uh, very productive. So there we go. Another edition of uh, Onside Offside right here on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. So I will definitely go offside on that one when you say All Star games should ditch fan voting and let the media and peers select participants. Okay. We will uh, take a timeout. Very busy hour number one of the show. Well, we have a busier hour number two. Nick Saban, gone from Alabama. Jim Harbaugh, gone from Michigan. Who is the new face of college football after Saban has retired and Harbaugh has bolted back to the pros? And also, there's only three coaches right now in college football with the championship. Who's the next coach to win their first championship? Stuart Kovacs and I will do a draft. He'll pick three names, I'll pick three names when we return in five minutes right here on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. And Brian Erlacher will join us 20, 25 minutes from now.